Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Making Great Relationships by Rick Hansen, PhD, Simple Practices for Solving Conflicts, Building Connection, and Fostering Love. Dr. Rick Hansen is an American clinical psychologist, author, and expert in his field for positive psychology. And when I think of Dr. Hansen, I think of the work he did on looking for the good. So our brains are wired to find the negative painful experiences. This is called the negativity bias, which distorts our perception. So he did a lot of work to counteract this. And this is us actually intentionally looking for the good in our lives, actively seeking out the positive, the meaningful stuff, the beauty in nature, and this can go into how we look at our relationships. Looking for the good in your partner, their good qualities, the things you appreciate about them, the efforts they make, and expressing gratitude. So if you're looking for a book to help make all your relationships great, you can pick up this one from Rick Hansen. And some of the fundamentals in the book are that strong relationships are essential for health and happiness. They depend on nurturing the relationship, creating more depth in your intimacy, respect, and of course, compatibility. Therefore, making great relationships could mean romantic partners, family, or friends. So if you're focusing on romantic partners, some advice from the book is to choose wisely for long-term compatibility. And this compatibility is on values, emotional maturity, and temperament. Also, invest in the relationship daily through appreciation, listening, generally being positive with experiences, managing stress well, and aligning on goals. Think about it. If you come home from your job and you're super stressed, you didn't get a good night's sleep, you haven't eaten, and someone brings up a small topic that irritates you, you're more likely to snap at someone if you're super stressed because of your day versus learning how to manage that stress really well so that you can be more available for your loved ones at the end of the day. So something in our modern day, since everyone works and everyone's in the hustle, a lot of us are really stressed. We have technology that's coming at us all the time. So this managing the stress helps us then be more present and patient with others. The author also points out in romantic relationships to balance togetherness with autonomy. So keep attracting each other. Keep trying to woo your partner. Maintain that intimacy through eye contact, touch, and presence and openness, but also you can have your own stuff too. You can have your time away, your time for your own hobbies, your own interests, and that's just keeps you engaged with the things that you love that maybe your partner doesn't love because you don't have to share everything as a compatible thing that you value. For family, if you're trying to make your family relationships better, making them a priority through frequent shared activities, rituals, meals, or communication is very helpful. Relationships grow steadily through small daily interactions. Major milestones matter a lot less than daily care. So if you're just showing up for the big stuff, 
try to also engage in the little stuff, asking your family member how their day was, sitting down with them for a meal or some kind of ritual that you go on a walk at the end of the day and talk. So these little things that add up during the day really do make a difference. And if you have children, discipline children with empathy, respect, teaching them inner direction, not punishment. So modeling rather than preaching, because we can say, hey, do this, do that, do the other thing. But they'll say, look, mom and dad, I learned it from watching you. So your actions, what you do on a daily basis, they are watching. They are seeing how you're interacting with your spouse or a friend. Are you treating them with respect? Are you listening to them? They pick up on that stuff way more than what you preach at them. So you look at your own actions. How am I treating other people? How am I balancing my work and family time? Am I showing them that work is the most important thing to me and I'm always working? Or am I showing them balance? Now with friends, friendships require regular contact as well. But they also really, as in any relationship, you have to be vulnerable, responsive, and supportive during hard times because we all go through hard times. And it helps if you have friends that you can share meaningful activities with and seek growth-oriented friends with a positive mindset. Limit time with toxic individuals, if all possible. Now, developing a diverse community of friends can help you reduce loneliness, increase your learning, and it provides support for you. So having a friend that comes from this community or that community that have maybe it's part of your different interests can be really helpful. So the fundamental message is that as you see, all relationships require active daily nurturing and prioritizing intimacy and growth with loved ones and limiting time with those who drag you down can bring you the most rewards. So how do you cultivate these relationships? What are some things in the book that can help you? Well, one thing in the book is that Rick Hansen points out that words really matter when you're trying to manage conflict, like how you use your words, what you say really does matter. Therefore, ineffective communication can cause more trouble than what it's worth. So let's say the wife comes in and says, Hey, hon, have you seen my blue scarf? I can't find it anywhere. And a husband will reply, No, I haven't seen your stupid scarf. You're always losing stuff. Maybe you should try to be more responsible with your things. Wife then responds, ugh, why do you have to be so rude? You never help me look for anything. Then the husband responds, well, if you weren't so disorganized, I wouldn't have to help you find stuff all the time. So that is where we're going wrong. Everyone's being defensive, they're being accusatory, and they're using blame. So what would be something where this goes right? And maybe you're annoyed at your partner that they do lose things, right? but that doesn't mean that you have to use words that hurt. So again, if wife asks, hey hon, have you seen my blue scarf? I've looked for it everywhere. The husband can respond, huh, it doesn't ring a bell. Which one was that again? And then the wife can go on and describe it. Like it's the light blue one. I got it for my birthday last year. I wanna wear it with this outfit. 
and then husband can say, oh, right, the one that looked great on you. Oh, a compliment. That's nice. Let me help you look for it around the house. Let's retrace your steps. So they're showing care and concern. And then the wife says, oh, thank you. I appreciate you for helping me, even though I can be forgetful with my things sometimes, right? She's not perfect. She's forgetful. And that's okay, right? We don't have to be perfect. Everyone has little quirks that are super annoying that may never change. But the the point is the husband is being patient and helping with her. Um, so he says, yeah, no problem at all. Maybe we can brainstorm a better system to stay organized. But right now, let's go find that star- scarf. So problem solving, right? Going into problem solving and helping. Okay, like in the future, let's talk about how you can stay organized. So a little empathy and I want to say this really loud, teamwork, right? Teamwork and even humor can go a long way in resolving conflicts effectively. So choose, please choose understanding over blame because that usually goes so much better when you're trying to resolve conflicts. Understanding over blame because when you get into the blame game, People get defensive, and yes, they may have these flaws and quirks about them, but it it hurts, right? They can't fix themselves when they're feeling defensive. They can't fix themselves when they feel under attack. They can't work on these things when they don't feel like a team. So when you feel like someone's willing to actually help you, listen to you, and problem solve with you, then you're more likely to want to change or get better at something or work on something. When you feel like someone's against you, you just don't feel like you have the room to breathe, to change, to make yourself better. Another big point in this book is that you can't control anyone else. You are not the one that can change someone else. And I'll say this again, you cannot control anyone else. And that is really hard for people to understand, to come to peace with, because oftentimes the thinking goes like this. If my partner would just do X, Y, Z, then I could be happy in the relationship. But that is not how it works. You simply have to work on yourself the way you love and engage in the relationship for anything to change. Now, you can have effective communication with your partner when conflicts arise to let them know what hurt you, but you cannot make them do anything else. You cannot make them compliment you more, show you more affection. You can simply do your part in the relationship and then decide when it's really not working for you anymore. So focusing on your side of the street by cultivating your own emotional communication habits and nourishing the relationship provides a solid foundation. So in conflicts, fighting the problem, not the person, and taking breaks to cool down and using empathy when needed. Also caring for yourself so that you bring your best self into the relationship and minimize displacing stress onto others. So what I was talking about before, if you're highly stressed or working too much, or you have something in your life that's stressing you out, you may bring it into your relationships because you're burnt out. You don't have a lot to give. And you have to recognize when that's happening, either communicate it with your partner. I don't have a lot of, 
a lot to give right now. Communicate it to your friends if you care to. And, you know, start to care for yourself. Start to ask, what are my needs? Because if you don't know your own needs, and this is a good thing that the book walks you through, is you can actually take out a piece of paper and write down, what are my needs? What do I need right now? Because once you start taking care of yourself properly, stepping into self-love properly, then you're naturally going to get better at loving in relationships and looking for what other people need. So it's like filling your own cup first and then taking care of other people in your life, which we hear time and time again, but it's a message that we need to hear time and time again. So again, you write down, what do I need right now on a piece of paper? And let's say, hey, right now I need more alone time because I'm really frazzled, too much is going on. So what can you cut out of your schedule? What can you cancel? What can you disengage in so that you get a little bit more alone time? Maybe you need to make an appointment to you know, take care of yourself, maybe doctor's appointments, things you're worried about for your health, whatever it is. You start to do that and you put those needs into your bucket of, I need to take care of this. I need this for me to flourish. Or if you need your partner to express more gratitude, how do you do that for yourself? How do you show yourself appreciation and love? Or maybe you reach out to your loved one and show them more appreciation and love to model that behavior. And again, back to teamwork, look for win-win compromises whenever possible in relationships. Solutions where both people's core needs are met and find some common ground. So understanding their perspective and then understanding your perspective so you can find that common ground is a great practice. And it does not help to get help from a mentor or a therapist if you get stuck because someone that's a third party that's neutral can help you work on the way you talk to each other, can help you solve conflicts that are unresolved that have been festering because unresolved conflicts that fester turn into resentment for the other person and that can really kill relationships. So you don't want that to happen. So don't be afraid to get help to work on this because it shows investment in your relationship and whatever you invest in, that means it's important to you and you value it. So I really enjoyed Rick Hansen's book about making relationships better. And if you are looking to enrich your relationships and up your communication skills, this is a powerful book for that. So I hope you enjoyed this week's self-improvement book club, and I hope to have you back next week. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, and stay humble. Have a great one.